Whether in the media, our government, or our schools, Christianity faces tremendous intellectual persecution. This program stands on the intellectual front lines. With disarming honesty, we engage the most difficult issues facing Christians today. I want to welcome you to Theology Unplugged, the radio outreach of Credo House Ministries in Edmond, Oklahoma. We sit down over lattes at the Credo House coffee shop and just talk theology. I'm Michael Patton, president of Credo House Ministries. I'll be leading the discussion along with Tim Kimberly, director of ministries for Frontline Church Edmond, Sam Storms, lead pastor of Bridgeway Church, and finally J.J. Side, pastor of community and discipleship at Bridgeway Church. Problem passages of the Bible. How about if we start with verse number one of the entire Bible, Michael? What do you think? Verse number one is already a problem passage. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Verse one, we're going to struggle. So, <laughs> uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so, you know, we, we joke and we're not uh, laughing at God. <laughs> you know, we're lovers of God. We, we hold his word uh, with trembling hands in one way because it is God's holy word. But we recognize that Christians have really, I mean, what's amazing is that starting at verse one, we're starting to have theological debates. Yeah. And at verse one, we're like, what does it mean that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? And, uh, and Christians have, have even, would you say that churches have split over the first verse of the Bible? Well, it's funny, you know, the, would you from say the that? first verse okay. to and the last verses, you know, it's, yeah. it, these are some of the most controversial things is the beginning and the end. Yeah. Uh, prophecy or eschatology. Uh, Book of Revelation and Genesis, yeah. but I mean it is it is one where people get very passionate about, and I I, I would say that it is a problem within the church, uh, be, across the board. I mean it's not only in the Protestant church; we also have in the Catholic church where there's yeah. great disagreement and and uh, popes who speak up about creation or evolution and give kind of almost uh, it's just hard to interpret statements mm. about it and then just endless debate. Well, we live in Oklahoma and I'd say generally in Oklahoma and there's a just a strong culture in Oklahoma it seems where where your view of creation really kind of shows your cards whether or not you're a true Christian. Yeah. I think in many ways like if you if you think that maybe the earth is really old or uh, anything to do with with evolution, um, basically if, if you aren't a young earth a six-day creation type person, like you probably aren't a Christian. Well, I mean, with a guy in a little bit here. At Michael, House. are you a Christian? Do you be, believe six days, young earth? I believe in Genesis. Yeah, well, <laughs> nice. Way to be like a— I believe that it is inspired. Yeah, way to be a wishy-washy— My, my interpretation may not be inspired. Dude, you're so postmodern. You can't, your postmodernism has postmodernism attached to it. That is true sometimes. Yeah, I think a lot sometimes. <laughs> Just that statement is a postmodern statement. It, it's not objectively true, but it is sometimes true that well, I'm sometimes yeah. postmodern. That's right. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay, so—, so No, I was about meet, meeting with a guy in a little bit. And he wants me to promote his teaching on creation and evolution, uh, whatever he's going to do, Genesis chapter. I'm at a local church, Genesis chapter 1 through 3. And I have no clue what he's going to teach and, you know, which view uh, he thinks I hold to. So he's like, I think we hold the same view. Let's get together and do this. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. It's going to be difficult. So we need to get together and talk and yeah. figure this out first because— uh, it's tonight that he's speaking, and wow. he wants me to promote it. So, Way to really plan and organize in advance. Hey, it was him, <laughs> not me. 
<laughs> okay, so Michael, what do I, when I read verse one, give me the lay of the land of of how Christians have debated. Like basically, paint me the picture of of just who are the players and and what are people saying around verse one and following. Yeah, and it's verse one and following because you've got essentially Genesis one through three, and you're trying to figure out how literal we're supposed to take this. Okay. It's not whether it's true or not. Uh, evangelical Christianity is in agreement that this is inspired and it is true, but it has to do with the interpretation. How do we interpret it? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this is anything new. I, I think we do see at least room for flexibility throughout church history, even though I think there's kind of been this basic uh, literalism that has been held to Genesis uh, chapters 1 through 3. But since the Enlightenment and since, uh, let's put it in a more positive way, uh, since our our ability to look at God through natural theology or natural revelation has increased mm-hmm. through uh, technology, uh, the debate has gotten more intense mm-hmm. because we have in Genesis chapter 1, this very it seems like a plain, straightforward statement about God creating something on day one, then on day two, then on day three, and it's always a morning and an evening, and so it looks like six literal days. And so many people would say it is six literal days. The problem with that is that not the passage so much itself, but as science or as natural theology. Again, I try to put this positively. Yeah. People don't like the word science sometimes in this. But natural theology seems to suggest that the earth and the universe is a lot older than 6,000 years or 7,000 years or 20,000 years that people add up as they go through into Genesis chapter 4 even and and, uh, add up the days. Mm -hmm. Who was it that had the days all perfectly mapped out and told us what time God created? Was that Harold Honer? No, 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 no. I'm talking about a guy. Jesus, back, Paul? Uh, Unser, <laughs> Utzer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, one guy had it all mapped out, and it's been pretty pretty standard understanding for a long time, uh, I think, in many conservative churches. Are you, are you thinking of Unger? Unger. Unger, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay, what? so we, we've been kind of running around this six literal days. So I think if we read the Bible most literally— we will embrace that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in following, as it explains it, there were six literal days that he created the world. And then uh, the world was made in six days. And then humans started right then. And so a guy like Unger can say, Usher. what's that? <laughs> Usher. Usher. We're not doing very good here. I'm not Usher. Yeah, it's Usher's chronology right here. I'm looking at <laughs> like the musician? Arch- Archbishop of okay. the Church of Ireland. Okay. So then the way that we could get to a 6,000-year-old earth is by looking at the how old people were, and we basically just add up all their ages going back, and we say, okay, earth is about 6,000 years old. Uh, now, uh, a challenge, so here, Michael, here's a way that I look at it, though. I could say, okay, I can believe that, but then I know geologists are telling me that they're finding oil by working at Chesapeake or Devon or some of these uh, Oklahoma City businesses, that they are using geology, using a theory of an earth that is way older than 6,000 years, and they're actually finding oil where they're supposed to find oil. So I can look at that and say, okay, here's my trump card always, okay, always. 
is that God can instantly make really old things. So when Jesus made water into wine, he made something that was old, so to speak, like my brother makes wine for a living, and you can't do that in a day. You know, you can't say like, hey, I'm going to make all of our wine today, starting from scratch, and I'll just like go to a beach for the rest of the year. It's like, no, it literally takes a long time yeah. for wine to form. Yeah. And God can form something. So if, if Jesus truly turned water into wine in a day, he can have something that takes a long time to form happen immediately. So he can instantaneously make very old things. So like if Adam is created from nothing or from, from dirt that, that God made. So if, if Adam is created from dirt, then you have a conversation with Adam. You're like, Adam, you look like you're like a 30-year-old man. He's like, no, I'm like 15 minutes old. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't be 15 minutes old. Your, you know, your beard shows that it's and, taking and longer. And you're talking. How do you yeah, know how to talk? Yeah, and you're talking and all that. He's like, no, like I was just made instantaneously to be a 30-year-old man. Yeah. So, uh, so here's, here's a view. Can, can I say then potentially that a view of Genesis is that a geologist is right in thinking that the earth is 10 million years old, but it is really 6,000 years old, but, but because God can make mature things, he made the earth appear the way it appears now. I, I, I agree with you. Yes, you can. Uh, obviously, I'm going to say yes. Uh, you can do that. And it's a possibility. Yet, here's what the objection would be. Yeah. Is that God seems to be deceptive. Yeah. And he, I mean, it's not just Adam, but you've got, um, you know, all kinds of formations in the earth uh, that look very old and uh, take a lot of time, a lot more than 10,000 years to form. And um, based on uh, uh, the principles of uh, saying everything, uniformitarianism is what it's called, everything, the way it happens now, we're assuming that's the way that it happened then. So if, if uh, light travels this speed of li- the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second right now, we're going to assume it was back then as well, and it has always been that way. And so we measure according to what we see now, and we place it on then, and everything looks old. I mean, look at the stars. Mm-hmm. The stars that we see right now, probably most of them are dead. Yeah. And so in a sense, what you're saying is you're, God created dead stars, but yet he has the light still coming to us. So, so the, the huge question with that view would be why? Like, yeah. like, why would he make, why not just make the earth appear that it's 6,000 years old if it really is 6,000 yeah. years old? And the thing is, I mean, we could, we could get before God and say, hey, you were deceptive. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, and he'd say, hey, I just did it that way. I yeah. don't care what yeah. you think, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, because he wasn't deceiving the people at Cana in Galilee at the wedding. Yeah, you know, he was hopefully loving them. So maybe he potentially says, like, "Well, you guys needed oil, so in order for you guys to have oil, I had to speed up a lot of things yeah. or something." Or, or yeah. just say to him, "Hey, why'd you create dead stars?" He'd say, "I don't know. Just wanted to." <laughs> yeah. I mean, you saw the light, didn't you? Yeah. Do you think he'd say, "I don't know," since he's all knowing, or did he? Would you think he'd maybe just say, "Like, because I wanted to"? He might say, uh, "None of your business." <laughs> there you go. That, that's very Roman nine ish yeah, yeah. yeah that's good okay so so now let's say uh, can a christian then say in good conscience i really believe the earth is maybe 10 million years old i think so i mean I, obviously we've got a lot of people out there that 
trust in Christ, have, uh, have seen their sin themselves. Do you, think, do you themselves. think anyone's just gotten in a car accident listening to this based uh, on what you just said? Well, I, I, we'll I don't make think it a little so. bit more <laughs> unplugged. <laughs> okay, so 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 give, give me a case of how I can have a clear conscience. And I'm not, so here's the thing with Theology Unplugged, too. We're not advocating particularly one strong way. We're really wanting to people to have a lay of the land and maybe understand other Christians a little bit better. Especially on this from. issue. Yeah, and maybe have a little bit more grace towards each yeah. other. Um, but, okay, so how with a Bible in my hands, a heart for Jesus, and a, a, a brain in my head, um, and, and realizing that it's very possible that the earth is 6,000 years old, um, but now if I'm working to maybe embrace a very old view of the earth, uh, how can I still navigate these six days of creation? Well, and not only that, I'm going to say, I'm going to say something very difficult for a lot of people to hear, but there are people out there that are Christian evolutionists as well, okay. believing that God used it. Not only is the earth old, but he did use the process of evolution to bring people about. So it's maybe it's like a seed that God is like the master creator, yeah. created the most amazing seed that grew into what we know of life today. Yeah. Well, let's take the Bible alone, okay? Okay. Earlier I said that whenever you read the Bible, it looks pretty clear that it is six days. Um, some people would say, no, Michael, that's not right. Even if I didn't have, even if I didn't have the um, natural science, I would say that the first chapters of Genesis look like they are not to be taken literally. So a lot of people will look at the first chapters and say, wait, this just doesn't really make sense. You know, you got the morning and the evening first day and the morning and the evening the second day, but there's no sun yet and there's no other, the, there's no way in which to measure it that, uh, the way we're talking about it. The plants are created before uh, things that are necessary for them to survive. And so... Uh, you also look, and this is interesting, this is from uh, Trimper Longman, but he talks about the days as a literary framework. Mm. He says, whenever you look at these days, what you will notice is that they have the structure where the first three days describe the creation of realms. Okay, pause there for a minute. Creation of realms that are filled by the inhabitants of those realms in the second three days. So if you take day one, he creates light and darkness, a realm. Day two, skies and water, a realm. And then day three, land. But then on day four, he fills day one, sun, moon, and stars. Day five, he fills day two, birds and fish. And then on day six, he fills day three, which is the animals and the human beings. And so you look at that, and you, it, it is an interesting concept because there is this framework. I'm not saying it's now you know, real easy to see that this is not to be taken literal, mm -hmm. but I'm saying that there's a lot of people who say that and say, well, it's just very easy for us to see this as a literary framework of mm -hmm. some sort that is uh, memorable. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Bible is created for us to be memorized rather than in that day being scientifically acute. So maybe God is like saying, this is of such value, like basically what I did was so huge and complicated and pretty much impossible for humans to understand. So I'm going to really put it on the lower shelf for you guys. Yeah. Like I'm going to put it super low so that you guys can really get this. And I'm just going to say, I did this in six days. I did it in this way. But basically, if I give any more details, your minds just can't comprehend it. Well, I mean, think about how much how much went on in those first three days and is not told. Yeah. I mean, you and I know 
that the Bible is not an exhaustive history at yeah. any point. Yeah. I mean, it's always zeroing in and focusing on certain things. I mean, look at the look at how fast we go through, no matter what view you take, mm. uh, the first years from Genesis 1 through 12. Mm. And just nothing is told. We're not, we don't have information. I'd love to have information about what was going on and, you know, questions that everybody has, like, uh, uh, did Cain marry his sister? All these things we've got, but he's, he's not concerned to tell us anything, but it seems to be, I did it. Yeah. Now, within that, I think that it's very acceptable for you to take multiple different views. And so mm. I do believe you can be a Christian uh, because for me, a Christian is not someone who accepts my view of the early chapters or creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not part of the gospel. Part of the gospel is God did it. Yeah. But uh, there's so many people out there that are very strong Christians, love Jesus with all their heart, know their sin, have fallen down before him and said, have mercy on me, the sinner, yeah. yet are old earth creationists, young earth creationists, and even creationists who believe in evolution. Yeah, I, I, I think personally, and I've, I've told many people this, I think when someone is questioning creation, I think the first understanding that we always have, to, like if someone's like, uh, uh, tell me about the dinosaurs or tell me about, about uh, you know, uh, an asteroid like craters and the moon and all these things, like when were these made, who made these, all this stuff, like just a carte blanche statement is you have to say Jesus made the dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, that as clear as can be and as, as category shifting as can be, Jesus made the dinosaurs. Yeah. You have to believe that. John chapter 1 tells us very clearly, like, we have to believe that our God made dinosaurs. Our God made everything that Hubble Telescope can see. But the huge question, so we all need to agree that our God did that. And the huge question is when. Yeah. And that's what Christians have to realize that we're wrestling with is when did Jesus make these and then potentially how. But I think just the when question can be better, you know, and, and so to realize, like, you shouldn't hate your brother if you're both believing that Jesus made the dinosaurs, both believing that Jesus made you and your kids and, and that, that, that our God is our creator. Uh, but then questioning certain aspects of our universe of I'm not sure when Jesus did this. Well, and it goes back to what you said at the very beginning. You know, it's it's difficult because, I mean, we sit here, we're unplugged, we have fun, but this is a very serious issue because people do separate, yeah, and and separate very violently, yeah, over these things and and um, ha- have extre- incredible passions and build ministries around one particular view, yeah. and these ministries take in millions and millions of dollars in order to promote this one particular view. And because you're so involved in this one particular view, you begin to believe it at such a deeper level and promote it to the point where it almost seems like you're teaching. If you don't believe the way I do about this, you're probably not a Christian. Yeah. Well, and I I mean, like a a view that that I think is kind of interesting is the relative time view, too. Uh, My favorite. The Einstein view, you know, that that time, we do know that time is a construct of our universe, you know. Now you're getting postmodern on me. I am getting postmodern. But it is interesting to think of. That, that we know that time is not quite as fixed as we thought it was. And we know that, that time has to do 
you know, a day for us is is the earth spinning one time, and that's a day. A year for us is the earth one time going around the sun. Um, and we, we know that it has been proven that time can fluctuate based on where you are and what's going on and stuff like that. So some Christians would say, guys, whenever you're dealing with God and time, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to realize you're walking on like really uncertain ground. Yeah. And so, so to say, okay, how long ago, when did this happen? And what was this day like that we're talking about time here? And, and I think a lot of people might just say, throw their arms up in the air in one way and say, why even get into this? discussion because there's a, an aspect of time that is so relative that uh, that maybe it was both a young earth and an old earth and maybe both of those things can be true at the same time because from different perspectives time is very relative well think of it you got this uh, movie called interstellar that's very popular yeah and it is uh, where a guy is trying to find a new earth because earth has been used up mm-hmm. whatever else and so the, they have this wormhole that they found that they can go through to a different uh, galaxy or, mm-hmm. or uh, a different uh, universe or mm-hmm. not a different universe, a galaxy or uh, what is the other thing? A Solar system. A different verse. Yeah. Not the universe, <laughs> but a different verse. But they go there and they find these potential planets and one of them is really close to a black hole. Mm-hmm. So he leaves his family. And his family is, I think his daughter's, you know, maybe eight years old and his son's maybe 16 years old. And he says, I'll be back soon, you know, and I'm going to find us another planet. But he gets to this planet that's very close to a black hole, Mm -hmm. black hole, gravity, tons of gravity. And so the idea, and I'm not saying this is all proven in science because it's all still a mystery, you know, black holes and everything else. But the idea is the closer you are to a black hole, the faster time is traveling Mm. because of gravity. Gravity affects time. And so they said, man, if we go and try this planet, even trying it, we're going to lose 40 years of our life. And so we're going to get back and our kids are going to be older than us. But they had to end up doing it and, you know, go through that. And it was an interesting movie. I'm not saying it's scientifically correct, except for that's the prevailing theory right now. Like you said, gravity makes time go faster. So the closer you are to a very intense gravitational pull, time is just moving so fast mm. that uh, you know you, you it can't even be measured close to ours. And if something like the Big Bang were true, if that's the way God used it, then you do have this gravitational pull at the center of whatever it is that started. You know, they talk about the everything being one little dot. Yeah, the gravity there would be so incredibly intense that whenever it explodes, the time is going so fast. Mm from the perspective of time measurement in that day, but not from the perspective, as you said, of time measurement when Genesis was being pinned. And so it can be a both and. Yeah, yeah. My mind is blown right now. (laughs) I'm having a hard time. uh, You know, so when we read Genesis 1, here's the deal. I, I think that we realize there are many possibilities where you can really embrace the text. And hopefully all of those views would make me worship my God, you yeah. know, because of all three of those views and 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 even evolution view where God is this great seed maker mm. or whatever it is like 
he like that was his perfect way to create the universe and and i think that no matter what that view is so i mean like i i'd probably lean a, a little bit more young earth in many ways or i really like the einstein type relativity view though too but like regardless if, if god came back and said no i actually made this evolutionary seed and uh, and i knew all this was going to happen just the way it was and i did all that that was all my handiwork my signature was on all of that stuff you know that i would be like wow i worship you you know like I don't think any of those views make us have a lower view of God. Yeah, you want to be kicking the dirt in heaven, and you know, yeah, being, being sad. Like, for yeah, a long I can't time. worship you anymore because yeah. you did that. I thought you were supposed to do this. Just give know? me some time alone, God. <laughs> I'm very saddened and upset. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so when I you... think, but you don't understand, Tim. That is a very important conclusion to come to. I think. I mean, that's where I'm at. Where I'm just like, okay, I I lean in a particular direction, but. It's not that big of a deal to me. Yeah, it doesn't well, affect the gospel or the presentation of the gospel. Yeah. The problem is in our culture, people act as if it does. Yeah, yeah. If if someone comes up to you and says like, "What must I do to be saved?" and you're like, "What's your view of creation?" Yeah. You know? it's like, "Whoa, I've I've gotten things backwards." You know, so it's it's important for us to know uh, how, uh, but it's more important to know who than to know that that our God is way more interested in the salvation of souls. And so if someone says, what must I do to be saved? You need to say, believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. And then probably discussions of of creation in the account of someone's discipleship should not be the first thing you talk about. Yeah, set them aside. We'll talk about that later. We yeah. don't, we, let, just, let, just, let's get you over the hang up that any view can be fit, fit in with uh, our God. It's just not an atheistic view. There's yeah. no God that did it. Yeah. Man, we didn't let the other guy speak at all. I'm so sorry, Sam and They're, JJ. You know what? They just are not qualified on this topic like I know, we are. I know. So. Just stay silent, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are not here with us today. But listen, I do want to tell our audience one thing. You can pick us up on iTunes. That's right. If you missed a podcast or if you want to go back for, gosh, years and years, since 2006, we've been doing this. So if you're listening on the radio, check us out on iTunes. We've got a lot of great series like... Uh, why I am not charismatic, where me and Tim are not charismatic, but Sam and JJ are, and yeah. man, that, that was a lot of fun there. Yeah, we went through the Crusades, we went through Roman Catholicism, yeah. we've gone through church history stuff, we've gone through Calvinism, we've gone through tons of stuff. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. Theology Unplugged is a listener-supported ministry of the Credo House a theological hub and coffee shop located at 109 Northwest 142nd Street in Edmond, Oklahoma. For more information on the Credo House or to support the ongoing work of its theological ministry, please visit www.credohouse.org.